Hello, everybody, and welcome to Security Talk, a speaker series podcast of the Santa Barbara Ventura chapter of ASIS International. I'm Patrick Kane, and today we're talking to Kushal Safi, Director of Global Safety at Northeastern University in Boston. Safi works to support the safety and success of global travelers, ranging from students studying abroad to faculty conducting research. And today in our conversation, we'll get some insight from Safi on managing the challenges of a diverse global security program. Three, two, one. Hey, Safi, how's it going? Excellent, Patrick. Uh, thanks for inviting me to this. Oh, absolutely. Happy to have you on, man. I mean, you're, you're somebody who's got a lot of experience and somebody I think who can share a whole lot with with our chapter and with the, the audience at large, actually, uh, beyond our chapter. Yeah, um, I wonder if we that's can start... A... Hopefully you get a lot out of this, right? You know, I, I, I kind of talk a lot, so uh, I'll no, try that's to helpful. brief. That's helpful. And our conversations are always extremely valuable, Safi, too. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure everyone will find it very interesting and helpful. Uh, perhaps we could just start with like a kind of short bio uh, explaining, I guess, your kind of, I hate to say origin story, that's such an overused term, but but your, your history and background, how you, how you ended up at the spot that you're at right now. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, so... Uh, um, so uh, my name is Kushal Safi. Uh, I'm over at Northeastern University. Uh, I'm the uh, the head of the uh, the Global Safety Office, which is uh, you know basically a travel risk management office with uh, a lot of other concierge type of uh, you know support activities that we give to uh, to students, faculty, and staff. But I got to talk about that a little later. Um, uh, how I kind of got into the role is uh, back in uh, um, back in college. Uh, you know, I was I was a, a September 11th uh, graduate, right? So I, I graduated from uh, university in uh, uh, um, 2002, and uh, right after September 11th, uh, you know, I, I had some family members that were working within the uh, the U.S. intelligence community at the time, and uh, and they were like, you know, it's time for you to to uh, kind of step up and uh, support the uh, the war effort, right? So. Uh, so I entered uh, entered on duty uh, at the uh, at the agency. I was a contractor for a, uh, a long period of time. Started doing some work in uh, um, in the in the Iraq space, and then uh, turned that into like a counterintelligence career uh, the whole time uh, as a contractor. But uh, did some counterintelligence work mostly against the Iran target. Uh, got to travel uh, all over the world, uh, really uh, mostly in uh, Middle East. Uh, South Asia, uh, North Africa. I uh, did some Sub-Saharan Africa work, Europe, uh, and then you know, uh, and the, and the Caribbean. Uh, you know, there's always, always an Iranian actor somewhere in the world. So I uh, did some of that. Uh, then around 2014, uh, you know, I, I took those skills that that I developed uh, during the post-September 11th period, and then you know, and parlayed that into a, a gig at, at Northeastern. Uh, Northeastern really didn't have a uh, uh, like a, like a travel support you know mechanism um, in on campus and uh, the police department in their you know their infinite wisdom I know many of us you know are are have have either police or law enforcement or intelligence careers in the past you're like you know how can a police officer have wisdom but really I I credit you know our chief of police Mike Davis uh, as somebody who uh, identified a gap in in service right and 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 really in how we're securing our students. And uh, um, I like brought me in, and, and you know, uh, interviewed a ton of people. Uh, really found uh, me as as somebody who was, uh, you know, interested in not just the security aspect of it, but really the the whole a uh, person level of support. And and we've built out 
a fairly significant uh, support that for our faculty, staff, and students. So, so I think that's awesome. No, that's that's excellent, Sophie. And you certainly have a very interesting background from your your childhood in the Middle East and so forth, and and, and your experience in the in the IC. And I think it's interesting because a lot of times when you see intel types who go into the private sector, it's more analyst type roles. But you came from more of an operational role where you were actually in places or whatever doing things. And uh, I'd be interested. Uh, you you handle a variety of separate travelers, uh, students, you know, studying abroad, faculty who are handling research all over the world. How do you handle those kind of separate groups? Do you handle them differently or how do you approach it? How do you see your role, I guess, in that? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to say, you know, we we give the same level of service to everybody and, you know, we, we strive to do that. Uh, but, you know, what differentiates the academic space from the uh, from the other you know corporate sectors is, is that we're really handling a, a pretty large you know demographic of people right so we uh, so in northeastern we have uh, students that are 17 years old that are traveling on our programs all the way up to uh, you know retirees that are uh, staff and faculty members uh, at the university who who all of these groups of people, you know, need, uh, you know, specialty types of support, right? So um, our, our student population that are 17, 18, 19, this might be the first time that they're traveling away from their family or traveling independently. It might be the first time that they're traveling, you know, outside of, of their country of citizenship, right? So we have one of the largest, uh, Northeastern has one of the largest, uh, um, you know, international student population. Uh, we have uh, many students are, are Chinese, are, uh, are Indian, uh, come from, uh, um, you know, Africa, come from Latin America, uh, Europe, and we bring them all together in, in one space in, in Boston or many of our satellite campuses. They all have unique needs and, and uh, you, know, you know, specialty types of, of assistance that they might require. And our goal at, at Northeastern is to, you know, meet them where they are, right? So figure out some processes where you know those students can i can come into uh, to our areas either through our you know university health and counseling services or to you know through sacred spaces which is our, our you know our, our pastoral care uh system or through our residential uh, life offices and you know get that you know support from either the police department or through uh, um through my office so now when we're talking about 17 year olds traveling you know, and, and how do we secure them when they're traveling abroad? You know, that it, it takes a lot of training. Uh, it takes a lot of engagement with the family and it takes a lot of engagement with the student themselves to uh, to build out their, you know, their level of, you know, one resiliency so that in the, when they encounter some type of incident when they're abroad or, or difficulty while they're abroad, they can kind of bounce back. But also, you know, building that trust with the uh, with the student to say, hey, look, you know, we're, we're here as a um, as a capture mechanism that in the event that you're traveling and you need some support, you know, we have a telephone number that you can call and you can work with one of my people or you can work with one of our vendors, which we have a pretty significant po population of that. Now, when you kind of go through the system, it's the, you know, that, that staff or faculty member, you know, how do we build the trust that we're not going to blow up their program uh, when they're going to a very high risk destination uh, that maybe some corporations 
are like, you know, there's no way we're going to let you go to Iraq or there's no way we're going <laughs> to let you go to, you know, uh, an area without the uh, or, or into like an endemic zone or into a uh, an area with very little support mechanisms. And what we, you know, on the higher ed side is we kind of encourage that. So what things do we need to do to, uh, to secure those travelers in, in those areas? And it's a lot of you know, building relationships with local vendors and, and security support, you know, having that robust OSAC relationship, right, making sure that we have that embassy contact. Uh, I mean, I can give you one example. Now, we have a faculty member who is uh, proposing a trip to Benin. Uh, you know, not many people go there, right? Not definitely no academics that, that I know of are, are going into the area. A lot of companies really don't go into the area, maybe, you know, a few corporations here or there have something going on. And, and that's our, our concern is we just don't have the right resources. So we have to go build those. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with the embassy. We ask the embassy for assistance. We might go do a, a site security, uh, you know, review, go down, uh, similar to kind of what you do, right? If it's mm -hmm. an airport that yep. you've never, you know, gone to, you know, how, how do we make sure that we can, you know, secure that airframe in that airport? So we're doing the same with our students uh, and our faculty members. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's interesting. And one thing I find interesting, uh, I often when I, I talk about things involving TRM and protecting travelers, looking at it like in three tiers, and I see that you're hitting kind of all the three tiers. You're doing stuff before the trip, when the individuals traveling or assigned overseas or working on their project, and then I guess on the back end as well, but also in a response standpoint if that happens. So, but obviously you put a lot of emphasis on making sure the travelers are prepared ahead of time correct yeah and, and i really think that's the 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 you know that we are in in the uh the, the service sector of of education right so we're, we're trying to educate our, our people on how to traverse the world in a safe manner and uh, i think we put a lot of emphasis right at the beginning of the you know the person themselves right so we do large scale pre-departure orientations where we give you the the high level you know you know don't get involved in bad things. If you get arrested, you know, this is who you call, you know, here's the number for, uh, for, for the, you know, general levels support, and here's our insurance products. And, and this is how we kind of manage this. That, that's our highest level. Right. But as we get, you know, more risky or more riskier type of trips, we start to do more of the, uh, you know, kind of the U S government style, uh, briefings where we meet one-on-one -on -one with, uh, with a person or a group. And, uh, you know, we, we share, you know, the, the, you know, what are the, the big issues here? Like what are the crime stats? Uh, what are the safety mechanisms? Are there any kind of endemic issues? You know, all the things that that person needs to prepare for in order to travel. And then what we ask that person to do is complete a, uh, complete a petition. Uh, so outlining what they're, what they're doing when they're there, who they're engaging with, what their risk mitigation strategies are. And, and then we then take that, bring it to a committee review that petition and then that committee says you know basically yeah we've done a good job of preparing that student or or we haven't and if we haven't done it you know what can we do to further prepare or provide additional resources to that student or group so that they uh, you know have a successful educational experience in that uh, in that location uh we've we we do that now so uh, uh, kind of a, a like like making this real for for the audience um, we have about 90 uh, summer programs uh, during uh, summer one and summer two that we call our faculty-led programs. And that's a faculty member who is bringing 
um, you know, between 15 to 40 students uh, with them to uh, a country that's that's outside of the U.S. or it could be a destination, you know, within the U.S. that's away from one of our campuses. And what we do there is each of those faculty members has to prepare this uh, this petition or this risk assessment. And then we review all of those and we provide feedback to the uh, the faculty members to, uh, to you know to enhance their their level of security and their preparedness, um, you know, especially when we know there's going to be issues on this program. So the issues mostly here on the programs usually involve, you know, student illnesses or, or uh, other type of higher level like, you know, challenges such as, you know, students that might be under the care of a doctor already that might have an, an exacerbated issue or a faculty member that might go down, you know, how do we prepare them for, for kind of resiliency uh, in, in those programs? And, and we have, we have, have, we have had faculty members go down and we build in like redundancies in the program mm -hmm. so the program can continue on. So like a faculty member might have, have had COVID last uh, last year, you know, how do we continue the educational experience when we know we only have four weeks, five weeks uh, on, on target where we're, you know, making sure that those students get the, uh, the right level of education. One, they're spending a lot of money to get these uh, the, these types of uh, experiences. And two, you know, our job is to deliver the, the academic content to the students and have them be successful. So we're always in that chase of, you know, how do we make sure the students are okay? How do we make sure the programs are resilient? How much redundancy can we build into the programs? What type of on-site support can we gather? And that in the event that uh, uh, that there's a more widespread emergency on the uh, program, you know, where can we send people uh, to that program to continue the education to to basically teach off of somebody else's syllabus. So I know that if if you're an academic that's here, you're like, oh man, I can't believe somebody's uh, teaching off of somebody else's <laughs> syllabus, but we, we have to build that in. So like faculty, primary faculty, co-faculty, teaching assistants that are traveling on these programs, and then you know redundant levels of uh, support at our regional campuses and our uh, main campus in Boston. So yeah, so it's a lot, it, it, it takes a lot to build in these these redundancies and these ground level supports, but I think those are the the, the things that are within our remit in, in the global safety office that that we have to do to make sure that these programs are successful. Yeah, no, I think that's that's absolutely true, Safi, and I think it's very uh, very uh, important that how you're handling it's very contextualized and very personalized and customized to the individual traveler and their particular plans and program and so forth and kind of building around scenarios that could potentially happen, maybe things you've seen in the past or things that are common in that particular environment, which means that you are pulling from intelligence and past experiences and pure contacts and all these other things to be able to, to have a kind of full picture and then look at the profile of that individual or that program in that, in, in that picture, in that context. So I think that's extremely valuable. I think, I think when you compare that to an off-the-shelf type program, I think what you're offering is, is extremely valuable. Yeah, and the, the you know the other thing is 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 I, I said you know we we're talking about faculty members that that are afraid we're going to blow up their programs. It's it's building up that trust, right? It's it's getting the the faculty members and and the the other support mechanisms within the university to really come over to you and 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 you know really believe and trust that that security is an integral part of the uh, the, the travel experience. And, and I think that we've. You know, we've done a fairly good job. I'm not saying that we're 100, you know, on on the way to uh, making sure that everybody is uh, on board with our security ideas, 
But I think we've done a fairly good job in it, in that we now have faculty that are our allies that are saying, yes, we were able to kind of push the envelope a little bit and, and go on a program during the uh, the pandemic because we had, you know, robust security uh, resources or robust health and safety resources. And, and that's really how I look at myself and my team uh, as, you know, mission enablers. Right. And if you can't do that as a, you know, a security professional, then, you know, you're just not going to win that battle with people that, you know, constantly look at security as a, you know, a, a, a you know, a resource suck. Right. And I think that's the, that's the big takeaways. If you can say that, you know, your security department, your security team, or your security professionals are those mission enablers, then you're winning the battle with your senior leadership team and, and you're really getting their buy-in to continue to kind of move forward. And I get it. There's a little bit of a, like a push pull factor, right? You know, how much is too much, right? And then, you know, what is, what is that sweet spot? And I think we're constantly struggling with that, even in my office. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's excellent, Safi. And I think that really shows how you facilitate uh, the programs. And I know there's a, uh, there's an article about yourself. It, it kind of profiles yourself and your program. And I'm going to uh, include that in the show notes for the audience. We're interested in share it with our chapter as well. It's very interesting. But there's a, a quote in there that, that your, your office is not a stop sign. He basically, that you guys are there to facilitate enable programs. And I think for us in the corporate sector as well, it's important because we need to be thinking about Instead of just saying no, which sometimes can be the easy thing to do, how can we facilitate this? How can we make it happen? Or how can we educate people to, all right, well, if you're going to proceed with this, you need to understand what the specific issues are, concerns, associated risks, and so forth. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's all awesome stuff, Safi. Uh, any, any particular examples that stand out or situations? I'm sure you have a, a hundred of them, and I want to put you on the spot right now, but if there are if there's perhaps a brief example that you could throw out maybe of a situation that you kind of went and managed through. Yeah, I'd say, you know, many of the big ones that are in kind of in the back of our mind are the, the COVID type of, uh, you know, things like what, as, as travel managers or, or travel risk managers, you know, what did we do during the COVID, you know, period to, uh, to enable our, uh, you know, our groups to one, you know, come back to the, their home locations, right? Our travelers come back to their home locations. Or, and then restart, you know, the, the uh, travel after the, the coronavirus. And I think that one area that, that I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, happy to share with people is, is the, the, the fact that we were able to bring together all of our different components within the university to support students and faculty and staff that were out during the COVID period return back uh, to their home destinations. And, and I really want to put a plug into uh, to my team members, uh, Alyssa Berg and uh, and JJ Kappa. Uh, Alyssa really, you know, she she does yeoman's work on a regular basis, but here she was able to pull together our all of our different resources uh, that we contract with, plus uh, set uh, uh, set up a an internal like a fusion center. Uh, I guess is the best way for us to call it, is of bringing in other groups that were. Uh, in our global programs office, international students office, uh, and and exchange students office, uh, student affairs, UHCS, our health and counseling services, brought them all into one space. I know coronavirus, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe we brought them into one space, but we brought them into one area. This was before we really fully understood the, uh, the, the airborne nature of this, but brought them into one space, 
started uh, managing the uh, the return of travelers and, and moving them around the globe, and were able to to you know put students on the last plane out of uh, Kampala, you know, uh, on that business class seat, or uh, uh, you know book hotels in uh, in London so that we could move students to London and then you know daisy chain them to the states. Uh, because we just didn't get flights out of London at that point, but we knew we needed to move them out of the locations where they were because airspace was closing. Uh, and then, you know, having that kind of innovative, you know, ideas in moving people around so that we're getting people to staging points uh, in the world where we know there's going to continue uh, continued flights and, and not airspace closures, right? So that was a huge win, really, in in, in my work experience that added to the the trust that our senior leadership team had in us because we were we didn't have any students that were stuck anywhere and, and again we had a fairly large population of students that were all over the world and you know we we got them out we got them back home uh we worked you know directly with them their families we paid for a lot of this ourselves uh the, the north northeastern university paid for these things and that's really a testament to the uh to, to the level of uh you know, support and trust that our senior leadership team has in us, because they're saying, you know, do what you need to do to keep uh, our students safe. And, and, you know, if we can do that on a day to day basis, then, you know, those, that's really how we track our metrics, right? You know, like lack of incidents or, 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 or incidents that resolve themselves are the, uh, our data points that show, you know, we're doing the right thing and, and we're, you know, we continue to succeed in that security uh, area. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we, we are also a, a victim of our own success because we did such a good job in the, uh, in returning students back to their home countries that the, uh, the senior leadership team turned around and said, well, of course you can put them back in, uh, in, in countries, uh, at, at the end or the fall of, uh, 2020, when most other, you know, universities just weren't, uh, traveling. Uh, we had a program of first-year students in Dublin with our uh, our partner at UCD or University College Dublin, um, and you know we successfully ran that during the uh, the height of the COVID, you know, before the vaccines kind of period. So, so I mean, it you know, are we pushing the envelope? Yeah, I I think we are. Um, you know, but you know, what are we? Do we have the right resources and support mechanisms at the university uh, through our vendors and with our partner institutions? I, I also think we do. And are we always continuing to scale up? Yes, because we're always starting. We're always scaling additional students traveling uh, more sites. Uh, and, and as for this audience, I know you're all in Southern California, but we've just opened a, a new site uh, in Oakland that uh, I know we're going to have, you know, hundreds of students at, um, and I, we already have hundreds of students there. We're, we're planning on probably getting thousands of students there in, in the very near term. No, excellent, Sophie. And that's, that's a great example of showing how you really dealt with a very volatile and fluid situation. I mean, I think, I think all of us had that at some, at some degree, but you really had people all over the world in disparate, in disparate places, uh, disparate personality types, experiential levels, things of that nature, and to manage that with those type of challenges, uh, I think was was outstanding. And I think a, a very valuable example for, for, for the audience as well, too. Um, I wonder if we want to take a short intermission here for a second uh, before we go into our, our kind of wrap up, because I think you hit on a couple of key things um, that we could uh, just speak about a little bit at the end, if that's good. Yeah.
one. Hey, Safi, so we're back from the intermission. Um, and one of the things I just wanted to speak to you about some, you're, um, I think you're kind of known for your, your interpersonal skills and kind of interacting across like both cultural and kind of sector lines and things like that. And some of that is probably natural. Some of it maybe is your IC training, you're manipulating us secretly or whatever. But, um, but uh, I am kind of interested because uh, working in the corporate sector, I always, uh, you know, we operate in some challenging places. We've had some, some incidents and issues which have been challenging. But I always kind of step back when I talk to people involved in the higher education or the NGO space or, or other people working in faith-based because some of the places that you guys have travelers go to and some of the things that they're doing are quite, um, are quite challenging. Um, and I'm very interested in how you interact with other, other kind of sector groups, other higher education uh, uh, entities and, and so forth. Yeah, so, uh, so I think that that's a, it's a heavy question. And, and, and yeah, you know, the, the whole IC training, you know, never, never let a meeting uh, go out without having a, a follow-up meeting, I think is the, uh, is the rule. So yeah, so we um, we have a, a ton of uh, you know connections. One because acad academia is a really interesting place, right? So you have your 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 colleges, you have experts within the colleges, you have um, you you have experts within the the organizations that are around kind of the colleges. So like the professionals that that come in and and teach for a little bit, but then go back into the private sector. So we've got a ton of resources at our disposal, right? The other thing that's really interesting is that folks that are part of a, um, you know, the higher education sector are, are your alumni uh, people, right? So your alumni are usually embedded all over the world and, and they're folks that you can tap and, and work with your alumni office and say, hey, do we have anybody here? And then in the event that you have somebody in the, uh, you know, in that country, they might be well placed. They might be a a government official. They might yeah. be a high level security official. They might be a uh, they might be an owner of a company or or uh, somebody who can you know provide you with some levels of resources. Uh, the other thing is because we have so many of these traveling programs and, and campus locations around the world, we also have security vendors that that work with us, and we have uh, you know people that we've built relationships with in the past, like tour guides and, and tour companies. Um, one, one thing, you know, that, that I always like to say is, you know, like folks like you, right, Patrick, you know, you're, you're, you're somebody who likes to go out and, and, you know, build relationships with other people. You know, I, I find that, you know, with, with like bouncing ideas off of you, it helps me get a better understanding of kind of how the aviation sector works. And whenever we have an issue with, uh, you know, a student on aviation, I can, I can, you know, send that question over to you. So that, that's one of those things that I do, like, like try to build those networks of, you know, the hospitality folks, like go over to Marriott and say, hey, Marriott, how would you, like, how, how can you help us in, in an event like this? Or, or you know, go over to other academic uh, institutions and say, hey, Stanford, do you, you know, like Merrick over at Stanford, do you have a, uh, a location in this destination that might be able to provide some level of assistance to one of our, our students or faculty that might need, you know, that level of support? Um, so those are kind of the networks that I've built out. And I think that because Northeastern now is such a, like a high level university mm -hmm. um, that we, and because we attract so many international students that we have well-placed 
international alumni and, and families of international alumni or students that are you know, willing to provide some level of assistance, even if it's just meeting one of our students at the airport and bringing them to, the, uh, to their housing site, that's a big deal for a student to say, hey, well, I am, I'm secure or I, I know that I have somebody to talk to that I can trust from the Northeastern network around the world. Um, the other things that we do too is we have great relationships with our vendors, right? So we use Crisis 24 and, and Collinson Group as our security and our, our health providers. They do great work in providing uh, us with, you know, access to security resources, access to hospitals and medical networks and, and therapists. And I think that that's something for your audience that you should be keenly aware of now is that you know the student populations and the people that are about to become your employees are are, are you know highly are high users of you know mental health support and 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 they're folks that you know like want that that level of assistance while they're traveling around the world and, and folks from my generation and I won't speak to your generation. <laughs> I'm older than you, Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're not, you know, we're, we're not users of, of mental health support. You know, we we don't we don't go out and 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 try to source um, that kind of stuff for ourselves, right? And you know, probably to our detriment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're of an age of kind of suck it up and move on, but maybe that's not the best approach. So yeah, right. And and I think that that students now are are seeing that. You know, mental health is is preventative health, right? And and I think that that's something that you know our systems really haven't grown into. And I think that you know as as we continue to be those security professionals in our jobs, that we really have to you know align ourselves with the understanding that the new student groups, you know, as we have physical health needs, right? These student groups or these groups are are, are also have these mental health needs that are that they look at as preventative and routine whereas our our generations just don't do that and if you don't have a robust mental health support system in your areas around the world especially tied into your travel uh, risk management platforms you know you're probably gonna find that you're gonna need that in, in a very short term uh so we do we have all of these you know um you know therapists psychologists folks that we have on, on retainer around the world because we know we're going to need those levels of support. Telehealth too, I, I think that that's something that your uh, your EAP, the Employee Assistance mm -hmm. Program, uh, most of those are moving to a telehealth platform with some mental health support. You know, tie that into your security uh, security resource or your security toolkit. You know, we're becoming more than just the you know the gates guns and guards of the world we're we're really finding ourselves as the uh one of my employees said it the, the interconnective tissue of an organization whereas you know you um you as the the person who's going out and briefing folks uh, that are traveling or that are travel like you know going to different you know offices around the world they they might come back to you to find that level of support or you should be interconnected with your human resources office so that you know the human resources office is selling you as a resource but also selling your resources such as your insurance your response vendors and those folks as a benefit to the traveler yeah no i think uh i think there's a lot of valuable perspectives in that Sophie, and you probably spent a lot of time on all those but i'll be respectful of your time but um 
But I think you hit on a few things that I want to highlight. And, and, and the first one is uh, for all of us in any organization, really, we're going to have populations which are coming from, from separate types of kind of generations and backgrounds and have separate needs. And that's something maybe some of us aren't as focused on as we should be. And I think that idea of being sure you can provide services or at least help or facilitate services, even if you don't provide them yourself, across the organization in that way is extremely valuable, particularly when you have people who may be in situations which are new, which are stressful and so forth. And it doesn't have to be only on the back end after a crisis. It can be a, an ongoing ongoing element of your program. And I think that's that's extremely valuable, something I haven't heard a lot of. And, uh, you know, we've we've had a lot of conversations ourselves over time, and I, I don't think we've we've actually hit on that before, but I think that's actually very helpful. And the other one I found uh, extremely interesting was the fact that you were able to kind of go leverage your, your, your past students around the world. Right. And a lot of, of your international students and certainly not all, but a percentage of them are going to be perhaps from from affluent families and things of that nature and maybe people who advance within their societies. And, and that provides you really almost in some ways an unparalleled network yeah. of contacts who can help you both informationally and, and operationally uh, in terms of what's happening in the situation and being able to find uh, resources and so forth. And I think it's something maybe for organizations, I think to kind of go transfer this, particularly some of the organizations which are larger and have people who worked in them that have moved on to other jobs, perhaps overseas as well, uh, if, if we're kind of focusing on the travel aspect of it too. Um, these are people maybe we ought to stay in contact with uh, because they're they're potentially uh, able to help us in the future in things that we have uh, in other areas of the world. So that's ex extremely valuable. And I think things that oftentimes aren't really talked about much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that you know our our, our alumni, our, our students, our, our you know our travelers, they're they're our atmospheric collectors, right? You know, they're, they're reporting back. You know, we're sending them information. We're asking them how situations are going. You know, we're, we do daily touch points. Um, so we have a fairly robust co-op program at Northeastern. So students that are, are going out and, and working for organizations like yours, where uh, um, they're spending six months at, at your, uh, you know, at your, you know, your business offices and, and, and doing work could, could be anything, right? It could be anything from, you know, HR management to computers or IT or to the healthcare industries. And they're the ones that, that are going out, working with you, right? But also sending information back to our co-op advisors. So our advisors are out there touching base with those students on, on you know, one, two or three or four times, depending upon how, many, how risky the activity is that they're doing, right? So our advisors are collecting information and then they're also sending that information back to us. So we're hearing about, you know, situations that are going on at, you know, at employee sites, uh, at, you know, the countries that our students are traveling to so that we can then enhance that that level of security delivery or the safety delivery that we're uh, trying to provide those students. So this is always that give and take, right? You know, we're, we're collecting information from people and then we're sending back like, hey, how can we enhance this? How, how can, what gaps do we have in, in our collection processes? Uh, where are our blind sites? Things like that, where, where we're trying to say, hey, can we really provide that highest level of concierge type of security service to our students. And then ultimately, a lot of that too, is we turn around and, and go back to our response vendors and say, hey, can you do something different? Or, or how can we create a bespoke uh, you know, service 
offering here in this destination because we're going to have continued students back and forth and it's fairly remote. And that's something that I would say that you know, both of our providers, Collinson and Crisis 24, have done a really good job of, especially in the remote areas. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's very interesting because you're basically creating a feedback loop where you're kind of able to evaluate your programs on an ongoing basis to kind of see areas for improvement. So it goes beyond, I think, some of the things we think about the more in the typical intelligence or operations sphere of, okay, I'm getting this intelligence, I'm structuring my operations off that intelligence uh, and implementing procedures on that. Whereas you're, you're kind of receiving really ongoing information on the situation, but also on the quality of the particular program and changes which are happening in the program. And I think for, for all of us, even if you're not in higher education, you can kind of pull things from this, you can extrapolate and maybe apply it to your own organization. And maybe you have a smaller footprint and maybe you don't have all the resources, uh, for example, that, that, that exist at Northeastern. But I think, um, I think there's a lot of valuable things that, uh, we can all take from this conversation, Saab. This has been extremely valuable. Thank you very That's much. That's great. Yeah, no, this has been a, a pleasure. Yeah, and I, I'll, I know, I know, we'll see each other in the future, and uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a couple uh, weeks. I'll owe you yeah. a drink at some point, and you probably owe me one too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I owe you a few, Saab. Yeah, I owe you a few over <laughs> over time. And uh, one thing I wanted to uh, to also say in closing, too, particularly as a parent of children who are gonna be in college very soon, in, in a certain case, very, very soon actually with my older one. Uh, it's actually very, um, very comforting to kind of know the type of sophisticated programs which exist for being able to go and support overseas studies, study abroad in a safe manner. Uh, you know, that's an opportunity. I, I hope that my children are take advantage of in college because I think it's a very valuable one. Uh, particularly with our, our international globalized world that we're in, it's only becoming more so, I think, uh, even, even on the, uh, in the aftermath of COVID-19. And it's helpful to know that these things exist, that institutions are paying attention to the, the safety and security of their students who are studying overseas, because uh, I think it's something that's evolved, you know, um, over time. I don't think when I was in school, that was such a, a an issue, really, and I'm 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 kind of happy to see that now, and it, it's it's a kind of comforting sign, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, yeah, we're we're not we're not just the uh, you know the the study abroad office anymore, sending students to uh, to other countries where you know we're we're doing pretty high level analysis of uh, you know what does it mean to send a student to uh, to Europe right now knowing that there's a potential energy crisis uh, looming, uh, you know, and then uh, how, do, how do we continue uh, our, our engagements in, uh, in China and, and Taiwan, knowing that there's, you know, concerns that, uh, that those countries might be coming to some kind of conflict, right? So, so yeah, rather sophisticated. And, and I think that we're lining up pretty, pretty well. The whole academic sector really is lining up in, 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 you know, with our peers, and and we're really becoming a mature sector. No, awesome, uh, awesome, Safi. Thank you very much. Uh, outstanding points, uh, extremely valuable. And I'll see you here in a couple of weeks at the OSAC annual briefing in Washington. Sounds great. Okay, thanks, thanks a lot, man.